Hey, everybody. It's the Chris and Kerry Show live again. Hey, hey everybody. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Can you see my like, bird? Can you see my... Yeah. My... yeah. What did you do? Take a vacation? <laughs> well, technically, I was away for a few days in uh, in Vancouver, but that's not where I got this. I got this from just being outside for this past, uh, past few days. Uh, pounding, pounding the pavement, uh, doing my MLA candidacy. Did what you, did you see that? Look, I got a button. I got a little. What you talking about, Willis? It says the Independence Party of Alberta. That's well. Uh, look at you go. I you know. really do love Alberta. Ah, I love Alberta. Yes. Wow. So. Good no, for you. Is. Well, I'm. Uh, I'm proud of you. I certainly don't envy the amount of work you're going to have to do in the next couple weeks. Yep. It's not going to be all roses, but uh, kudos to you for doing something. And you know, there's uh, there's a lot of stuff that. Uh, it, it, your volunteers uh, stepping up uh, are great, uh, doing door knocking, uh, setting up events, um, putting signs together, building signs, you know, building the, the, the big wooden frames and then placing those. There's a lot of work. And do you have, uh, a, do you have a designated beer fetcher? Uh, no. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, I, you know, I played the introduction that showed the beer and actually all I'm drinking is Coke right now. So water for this guy. There you go. Well, it's so nice. So, so hopefully we'll have a few people watching this. So two things are working against us right now. Number one is it's so nice outside. So people will say, forget it. I'll just watch this later. But I mean, the whole point of watching this is uh, being able to ask questions and uh, make some comments, et cetera, et cetera. So that's always great. And uh, the, the what was the second thing? The second thing was, help me out. Working here. against us? Yes. Oh, the WEF. <laughs> I will. Yes, absolutely. The WEF and, and all of that. That's actually not where I was going. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. You know, <laughs> it's the uh, yeah, it, it's the weather and uh, and uh, the, the sunshine and everybody's outside. They're trying it is. To it, it, yeah. And it's it's a beautiful day yeah. and people are enjoying the outdoors. They're enjoying patio season. You're, I remember when we could only sit on patios if we were in a bubble. I outside. do. Yeah. When it, was, when it was minus and, two. Remember that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some restaurants had full-blown extensions put on their building with roofs and yeah. and heat and windows and everything, but that's beside the point. Yeah, yeah. people are trying to get back to their lives and do things uh, because, you know, apparently life is short. I, well, and, and for some it's it's shorter, but uh, we won't get mm -hmm. into that in this episode. We are bringing on uh, Catherine Kowalczuk. If you don't know who Catherine is, I will bring her on. And there she is. Hello, Catherine. Hey, it's Catherine. Hey, hey, guys. Thanks Hi. for having me. You are quite welcome. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I mean, you I already make... saw one comment. Don't like you, Cather. Oh. <laughs> I think they were, trying to write, I don't, they were trying to write, I don't like catheters. That's what I was going to say. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> no, I don't like catheters either. <laughs> I've never had one, but I don't think I'd like it. I, it doesn't seem like it'd be comfortable. Man, that's yeah, exactly. Don't like you, Catherine. Yeah, that's that's a little uh, right well, off. Well, don't you know? Don't mind that because uh, you know we don't we don't see eye to eye on everything. But I like you. Totally. Well, thank awesome. you. I like you. I like both of you. <laughs> awesome. I was I was just door knocking in Rosebud, and I was yeah. just I just just back because I just lived twenty minutes from Rosebud, and um, you know, and that was the conversation I had with somebody, and we don't don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, and I said, you know. We have to, we all, like, Albertans are good people. We all want our families to be healthy, happy. 
we want to, and especially I'm finding in rural, rural Alberta, cause I've moved here a year ago, yeah. you know, community is everything. And we need to stop looking at the differences and start looking at the similarities because we're all, I, I do believe that, you know, we all want the same things for our families and our friends. And so she agreed. You know, she did. We didn't I, I agree on to, climate change. Yeah. I used to believe that Catherine, but what's happened in the last few years is we've had this weird uprising of anti-human thoughts and beliefs that really the, the sad reality is that we don't all want the same things anymore. Mm -hmm. Like you and me and Carrie, we want prosperity. We want freedom. We want to be able to be free to either succeed or fail on our own terms. But there's a growing number of people that are actually asking for the government to be their daddy. Yeah. And yeah, government harder. Yes. And, and not only that, but, you know, please take away all of the things that made society um, as great as it is and, and brought us into this prosperous time we live in, take them all away because uh, we're evil for having them. So yeah. you are right that mo for the most part, Albertans, especially rural, um, we want the same things. And that is we want to be left alone to live our lives, you yeah. know, and, and take care of our friends and neighbors in the meantime. But uh, not everybody is like that. We're six minutes in and we haven't even introduced Catherine yet. Oh, <laughs> oh good point. Everybody knows who you are, but uh, why don't you just do the 30 second uh, uh, elevator pitch? Okay, I, I'll do that, I guess. Um, Catherine Kowalczuk, and I am seeking um, to be the next MLA candidate in Old Stidsbury Three Hills with the Independence Party of Alberta. Uh, I'm a lawyer by trade. I've been practicing for about 20 years. Uh, I've been practicing mainly for the last 10 years in family law. And, you know, I've been out uh, very vocal in Alberta the last three years in particular, co-founded Lawyers for Truth mm -hmm. and trying to get information out there to people. Um, yeah, you know, the, it's no secret that I was against uh, the government mandates and we tried our best to encourage people to not to comply with the mandates in any way, shape or form. Uh, it was very challenging for many people. We heard, you know, thousands of stories about people obviously being coerced to do things that they did not want to do. And, you know, we continue to, we continue to um, speak out I continue to speak out in particular, I'm really concerned about, you know, the state of our legal system. And, you know, I've been talking about that a little bit on the campaign trail, trying to draw the, draw the, um, connect the dots between uh, what's happening in our institutions, not only in our governments, but our institutions and why we need to be concerned and why we need to elect people who have courage and who are not uh, afraid to, speak out and challenge. I mean, you know, part of, part of it is we, we have to, we have to find a way to come together in, in far as we're able to, because we have, we're sharing this space. We need to be able to work together and the division is at an all time high. And I think it's just going to get worse. And so I want to be that voice for old Stidsbury three Hills to try to hold the government accountable uh, as best I can, but more so to bring the truth um, back to the people of this constituency. I think that we have a big transparency problem with with both governments, both, both the NDP and the UCP. And I want to make sure that we're getting we're we're getting to the truth. Yeah. 
So having well, said that, so you're you're running with the Independence Party, and uh, you know, is there a reason why you decided to? Well, first of all, run as an MLA candidate, and and then B, why why the Independence Party? Like, why not? Why did you run for the UCP, or why didn't you run for the NDP? Well, I was asked actually to run for the UCP, but I figured because my Facebook page is, looks the way it does that um, I didn't think that I would have a hope in hell actually yeah. to get. And besides which, I, I I wanted to run in this riding and that position, Nathan Cooper had already sewn that up okay. actually, I think in 2021. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I really believe, I've really come to believe in um the independence message, you know, two of the things in particular that I love about this party is, you know, holding a referendum on independence. I spoke on the APP stage many times and I was, I was convinced when I spoke with Dennis Modry years ago, a few years ago now. And um, I, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense for Albertans to have that opportunity to, to do this and I don't see any other way this the you know the sternly worded letter writing campaign is getting us nowhere and um why not try something different and so I'm a big proponent of that and the other thing is is I really like that the party doesn't have a whip policy so I'm free to speak my conscience and in accordance with the will of the constituents and um those are really two good things I'm looking at the other candidates in my riding right now the NDP and the uh, UCP candidate. And I was at a forum in Olds last week yeah. and I don't know what, what the deal was, but they had their notebooks and it was all tabbed and they would ask, answer, ask a question. And I was told, cause I didn't actually, you know, sitting beside them, but people in the audience were telling me that they would just flip to the tab. And I don't know what the thing is. Like, I'm not, oh, wow. but I, 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 you know, even if you're a backbencher with one of these parties, you're not going to be able to, um, push back you're just yeah. not going to be able to and i think exactly exactly and that's not helpful at all yeah so there, there's a couple of terms that you know maybe our viewers don't really know what a party whip is or does and i think that's important to at least uh, address because again if you know nothing about politics and a lot of people don't know what caucuses they don't know uh a lot of the political terms that that we kind of throw around they don't know. So you want to maybe just uh, elaborate just, you know, again, it's pretty quick in terms of a whip, but uh, let's just say, you know, I wanted to push through this policy. You were against it. What would happen? Well, you would have to vote along the party line in order to remain within the party. So yeah. the caucus would be within the party. And um, if you don't vote in accordance with how the party wants you to vote on a piece of legislation, then or you or you speak out, uh, speak out a turn, say mm -hmm. something that um, the party doesn't like, then you can you, you know there's a good chance that you'll be thrown out, yeah. and then you'll be sitting as an independent. Yeah. So, yeah. you know that's that's what the Independence Party uh, does not have, mm -hmm. and and I think that's a really good thing. Um, but why I want to run is because I want, as a lawyer, I was seeing, you know, we were, we were following the cases across Canada and in Alberta and what was happening in the courts. And, you know, Chris knows more than anybody here that, you know, th that's not a good place to be if you're freedom minded or, or a critical thinker. And, and so hmm. what was, what, but what's happening is a lot worse than I 
thought. You know, the, the judiciary is they become social activist judges, right? And so they're just another extension of the government in many respects. But it's worse than that because it's the it's the whole profession. It's the law societies across Canada and in Alberta in particular as well. And I could tell you stories about what I went through holding up, uh, having signed a petition and calling a special general meeting this year to mm-hmm. push back against some of the DEI, diversity, equity and inclusivity policies that the law society is championing and requiring lawyers to do ridiculous things like cultural competency training um, or else you don't get to be a lawyer kind of thing. And then, you know, but and then I trace it back to the universities where the University of Calgary has a DEI policy, you know, for um, black people to have a different stream that if you if you're if you're not if you don't meet the requirements under the merit based LSAT based criteria, then you're able to get in by describing your lived experience. So, yeah, it's actually astonishing and it's discriminatory, full stop. And um, no, you know, I guess we're at full, you know, anyway, um, you know what I mean? And, um, and so what we're, what we're seeing is we're, we're creating, we're, we're getting students in law school, whether or not they have the relevant competency, I don't know, but we're having this other stream. We're having this indoctrination of DEI in law schools that's carried over into the law society and the, and the legal profession. And anecdotally, I can tell you, I suspect that a vast majority of lawyers subscribe to that. And so, and then the judges, right? And the judges are also implementing this. And so when you have the the entire profession being captured, people like you and I, all three of us, expecting to get fair representation um, by people who understand what it is that we believe in, we, we may not be able to find a lawyer. I mean, it's, it was already difficult to find a lawyer through COVID who wanted to even take on these cases because um, obviously the cancel culture uh, was a big part of that. People did not want to be associated with that, even if they did, didn't, you know, wanted to take the case. They, they may not feel that they could because um, because of the cancel culture. Yeah, and or, the woke or because mob. they're retained by the federal government. Or the retain, or the provincial government. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the big firms are are um, are, are exactly right, Chris. They're retained by these uh, by the governments, and so they're conflicted out. Hmm. So and so when you have when, so as a lawyer, I thought, well, my advocacy skills, I think, um, would be better served by actually trying to change change the law mm-hmm. and pushing back at the government level. And I see that you know, bringing these cases in court, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine who's a lawyer and about, you know, she's thinking about going into constitutional law. And and I said, well, you know, is that really going to be productive? Because like these cases aren't being won. And, and I, and I wonder, I wonder how, how useful that is not to say that it shouldn't be done, but I just have no faith in our, in our legal system these days. And, and, and especially like every case seems to be taking forever. Chris's is already yeah. being pushed out. It look, almost looks like Chris is falling asleep, but I think he's, t- he's. No, I'm just looking at my phone here at something. 
But, uh, you know, you get these cases that look like they're going to be finished and then something happens and they get pushed off. And and there's numerous cases. So I know um, the, the big case that we're kind of waiting for is the Ingram case. And that's Rebecca Ingram. As she's the, uh, the gym owner. And uh, basically, she's doing a constitutional challenge. And a lot of these are waiting for that to happen. And we still don't know when that is even going to happen. And Meanwhile, so, the clock's ticking on the two years, and a lot right. of people are never going to get any kind of remedy. And that's exactly what's yeah. happened with our case: is we're sitting past just past two years when we when we had our bar closed, uh, Allah's Tap House and and, uh, and bar in Calgary, and uh, there were other bars, um, uh, Tipsy Cow and um, uh, Hockey Central, and and we're past the two years. We're just waiting for this, and it's almost like maybe they did that on purpose so that. We can't really do anything now, right? Yeah, well, you got to wonder. You got to wonder, you know. So if that's the case, then, like, I, I definitely want to at, at least have some fight and say, look, this is the reason why it took two years to get, or over two years, we should be able to make a special case for this. Because, again, yeah. this whole COVID nonsense that we're dealing with in terms of the, the legal system, it needs to have something uh, something to shake it up with and say, you know what, these were extraneous circumstances and especially going through things like the National Citizens Inquiry uh, and hearing what's stories from everybody across Canada, they all have a similar story to say that their, their lives have been uh, uh, thrown up thrown up in the air. And uh, the problems that we've had, the injuries that we've had, uh, again, there's there's so many stories that we could go back. And, and for our viewers who haven't watched at least some of the National Citizen Inquiry, you can just go on Rumble and uh, and search that. Account. And there's days and days of stuff uh, that you could be looking at. So, um, but yeah, getting back to, uh, to Catherine and the Independence Party, because that's kind of what the whole thing is. The reason why we're on here is, it's okay we go on deep off detours off the top all the time <laughs> so, so the clock is ticking tonight though because we you guys have another meeting we later have, on don't you? we do we have a candidate yeah at, uh, at nine yeah and one of the reasons why you know i wanted to have catherine on here is because um i have not gone through this this political process of of trying to be elected and 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 just going through and i know 99.9% .9 of our viewers don't know what the process is. So I wanted to jump in and find out exactly what the process is. And I've actually, so far, I've only really been into it for a week and change. And I don't like it. I almost think it's a bit corrupt, <laughs> to be quite honest. I had my candidates meeting today, and uh, I was pretty much the only candidate there, believe it or not. Uh, the rest were uh, campaign managers, volunteers, two no-shows. Uh, obviously, they didn't really care too much about learning what uh, a scrutineer does and, and learning um, kind of what, what it, uh, it, it, it takes just to get in and vote. But they've changed rules. They've changed rules as of this year in which you can actually vouch for someone instead of actually showing your ID now. So if you're if you're a, a, a new resident, as an example, this, this is the exact the exact thing I said to them today after listening to the presentation. I can come in from Manitoba on the day say I'm moving in with my roommate Joe. Joe, I don't have any ID that says who I am. I don't know, you know, nothing that says a utility bill or where I'm saying. Joe will vouch for me. 
and I will be able to vote. Is that that's a, that's that's in that's nuts. That but, doesn't sound right. Well, though, I, I don't. It was. It was absolutely correct. There's a lot of a lot of things about the process that don't make any sense, and it does give the impression that it's not fair. Yeah. However, it's what we have right now, and I'm going to steer this back to Catherine a little bit because there's okay. some uh, there's some comments that have come up, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with these questions. Now we don't tell you what questions we're going to ask you. It's always unscripted, and uh, and because of that, you're often going to get put on the spot, which is what's going to happen right now. Are you ready? Go oh, for she's it. Ready. Okay. She's ready. First of all, you've told us why you wanted to run under the Independence Party banner, and I do understand that the UCP will uh, disqualify people for doing things such as you know, claiming that there's only two genders. That could possibly get you disqualified as a candidate. It's yeah. stupid rules. Now, earlier on, you had actually withdrawn support for the Independence Party. Yeah. What made yeah. you return? And this is going to lead into another question from a comment right away. Sure. Okay. I was actually going to back up just slightly to that because we didn't say that you actually ran for the leadership of the Independence yeah. Party. And maybe that's where we should start and then you can continue on from there. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, well, I ran as you know, for the leadership and, you know, I had fully, fully intended on being, you know, a full fledged worker bee for the party and running for in this riding the entire time. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of questions that I have that haven't been answered. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did try to get back on the board, uh, in September at the September of last year in order to do policy and try to help the party get ready for the election. And that was stymied and I couldn't get an adequate results or adequate answers from the people that were road, uh, road blocking me. Okay. And so I decided to take a hiatus mm -hmm. and in January of this year though. And so I always planned on running and I was intending on running as an independent, but people from the old Disbury Three Hills Constituency Association were con contacting me, mm -hmm. a few people, quite a few people and, and others within the party. And they were encouraging me to come back. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, I believe I still, I believe then, and I still believe now in the independence message, yeah. I believe in the party and I, the, the people in my, in my CA, uh, as part of the CA, I've built relationships with over the past two, you know, two years, last year and in particular, I did not want to cause any more division because I was hearing from the CA that they were thinking of not running a candidate if I was going to run independent. And, you know, I, I needed them just as much as I think they wanted me to be, to run as their candidate. And I actually genuinely really love these people here and they've become really close family to me. And so I, I decided to come back and I don't regret coming back at all. Um, because we're, it's all about moving this where we all, as Carrie says, have this common goal and, and I didn't want to create any more division. Like there didn't need to be that. Right. And so, so I jumped back, right back in and i'm really glad i did because i'm having a blast with with my campaign team and yeah. and what we're doing yeah. okay yeah. here here's another uh tough one and i like that answer like i 
there's a lot of independent candidates right now, which I don't disagree with. I mean, I think we should be voting for the best people for the job, not yeah. necessarily the party, That's right. but the best people. Because independents can they can vote on policy with um, a minority government as well. And there's, there's totally mm -hmm. so um, I, I I I don't have a problem with that. Um, in the comments, uh, the the lady who mentioned the catheter early earlier. Uh, she responded and she said something along the lines of she doesn't like you because of what you did to Pastor Art. Mm -hmm. Now, I know where she's going here. So I'm going to ask you flat out. Did you have any involvement or did you orchestrate a coup to remove Arthur Pulowski as the leader of the Independence Party? Or was that a organic decision by the board that was uh, directing the party at the time? I had nothing to do with it. I had no idea that they were doing it. I had no idea what the issues were when I joined, re decided to run as a candidate at all. Uh, I So it, it what occurred has been fascinating from my perspective. Um, I don't know actually how, I, I think I got lumped into it because I did declare publicly that I supported the board's decision. Mm -hmm. And um because once i once i was told um at that time and i've since then i've learned a lot more about what had has been going on um i i do believe that the board made the right decision and and you know the the rule the the bylaws permitted it and uh when somebody is not doing their job uh like archer was not doing his job um I think really the I think the board saved the party because now what I've been hearing after the fact, um, well, let's back up. Art was fundraising for his church on the tip stage. Yeah. He was declaring publicly that he would not work with the board or, and, and he wouldn't work for the party. Yeah. When you, when you run as a leader for a party, it comes with a job description and you ought to know that when you do it. Mm -hmm. And I believe that um, you have obligations and it's not about being muzzled as he likes to um, describe it. In fact, I know that the, the board members that I talked to that had had conversations for months with him about speaking more about the process of independence, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and about the party platform, um, Nobody had a problem with him talking about God or his story. I never had a problem with him talking about God and his story. It's very integral to this process. And But we do have a party program. If you read the party program, there's nothing in the party program that says that we are a Christian party or that anything about God for that matter. Yeah. And, and so, it, you know... People were joining the party, I'm learning, because it was a Christian party, which it is not. They yeah. were being misled to join something that it was not. And that's unfortunate. And, you know, I'm going to call, I'm just going to say it right now. Art is a liar. Mm. He's lied about things that he said about me. Mm. And I'm only going to talk about me because I know that I know what occurred and what did not occur. Um, I, there was no master plan uh, at all. In fact, a week before or within the time frame before me and another Lawyers for Truth member were trying to help him um, file, uh, 
um, send an appeal into the city of Calgary for his trespass stuff that he was getting for one of the um, one of the press conferences that he was hold, holding. In January of this year, I spoke publicly on behalf of Lawyers for Truths in support of Arthur. Like there's, you know, he, he describes in, in one interview that he did, and I stopped talking about it because I, you know, I didn't want to, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know. I, I just thought like, I, I'm not going to give this any more airtime. He mm -hmm. said that I, I, um, I did at the, in the leadership debates, I did at the last debate, I, I said that he was inciting violence yeah. um, because of the way he was talking about rape and punching people in the nose and blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know, you need to know your audience. Yeah. You need to know what message it is that you're sending to people because not everybody will understand the nuance of, and that's that was the context in which I said those comments. Mm -hmm. He said in an interview that, as a result of those comments, I beg, or I, I begged to have a meeting with him. I had a meeting with him and I begged him to forgive me mm -hmm. for that. And he forgave me. And I still, you know, how dare I, you know, I'm a snake and blah, 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 blah. Well, I can tell you for 100% that that meeting did not happen. I did not beg for anything from art mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's these sorts of things. And I can't even believe what is coming out of in that narrative. Yeah. Um, well, Catherine, what I've learned is that people will believe what they want to believe. Yeah. And if what, if they're, if what they believe suits their narrative and suits their view of the world, they'll believe it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sure. even within the, the freedom movement, I've, <laughs> I've seen this countless times. Um, a lot of times, you know, you, you were very candid in your response and I appreciate that. I don't expect you to pull any punches and if people don't like it, well, you know, I'm, that's, I guess it's a problem. Yeah. Um, I've realized that people see things in a different way to the point where their version of reality is not even the same as ours in some instances. You know, like you mentioned, a lot of people join the Independence Party because it's a Christian party. Well, there's a lot of Christian people in that party. A lot of Christian people join that party because there was a Christian pastor as the leader. Yeah. That didn't make the party policy a Christian party. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, you know, the way we look at things, Mistakes were made. You know, I, I when I heard that the board had done what they did and removed Art and Bob from from revoked membership. No, was, no, 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 no. They didn't revoke anything with Bob, and that's 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 not right. Bob's membership yeah. is still Bob left on his own. Yeah, he left on his own. Yeah. So when that, I, I'll call it I'll call it a fiasco. I'll call it for what it is. When that happened, I was really upset because of yeah. the optics of it. Right. Yeah. And at that moment. The people who have different views of the party and different views of the world and the path that we need to go were immediately put in a position where they were forced to choose a side and yeah. break the unit unity that once created this cohesive bond within those people. Yeah. And we're dealing with the fallout with that now. And it's it's done. It can't be undone. Um, our, the, the differences and the mistakes that were made there in the past. And now we have to look forward. And it's a little bit of a tougher job to do because these questions keep coming up and these yeah. statements and these claims against people keep coming up. Yeah. But we got to remember that what we do going forward is going to make the difference in our futures. Mm -hmm. so, 100%. 100%. So, so what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do within this vehicle of the Independence Party of Alberta as an MLA to make a difference in this province? 
Well, one of the things I want to do is, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not over the um, BS that we all suffered with um, the mandates and the lockdowns. I want to table a, a, a private, like a bill. And actually, yeah, go ahead. Yep. And I want to, um, to hold an independent public inquiry. I want to, I, you know, I, I want the, the, the good thing. The one thing about holding a public inquiry is that you can compel witness testimony. And that's one of the things that the uh, national citizens inquiry is inquiry is lacking. There's, you know, there's no, ob there's no obligation on anybody in the government or in the bureaucracy to actually testify. So you need that as part of, we need that as Albertans to be able to not only get to the truth, but we we need to understand how the decisions were made, why they were made, and then to the extent that there was wrongdoing, we need to hold people accountable because there's no way I don't believe that we'll be able to adequately recover from this from a you know just a human perspective um, if we don't understand what happened and you know the UCP party. The ND, I don't hear the NDPs talking too much about it, at least not in my writing. I'm just focusing on the, the two candidates that I'm running against. But, you know, Nathan Cooper is saying, well, you know, we, we made mistakes. Uh, we all make mistakes and we're going to learn from them and we just need to move forward. And Well, you know what? Drinking and driving and, and plowing a car into a, uh, a school bus is a mistake as well. Definitely so learn consequences to that mistake. Well, this is the problem. Like we have good laws in Canada and in Alberta and we're not enforcing them and we're not holding a, the government to account. And we need to be able to do that. When I, when I listened to the national citizens inquiry and Lieutenant Colonel Redmond in particular, yeah. Yeah. and he delivered his two hour testimony about why um, or what he saw when the emergency preparedness pro, uh, plan was not enacted in Alberta or across Canada or in any province. Yeah. And what and he details what should have been done and what was supposed to be done and what didn't happen you know he made very good comments like why we should never have um had that kind of power bestowed upon an unelected uh unelected. Yeah, yeah unelected bureaucrat and it should have rested with the premier and the premier at that point should have gathered all the stakeholders at the very beginning and did done a thorough cost benefit analysis and this is what this is the other thing that he said. The the message from COVID was we need to protect the healthcare system. But he says no, we needed to protect Albertans. Yeah. There is a difference there. And that is moving and that to me is exactly why we need to have this public inquiry mm -hmm. and nobody's talking about it, Chris. Yeah. Nobody's talking about it. Catherine, if I if I told you that our government really never had much of a choice in what to do with this pandemic. And their phrase of protecting the healthcare system was much deeper than people realize. And, and, and if you look at the situation as like the province of Alberta is in this big fish tank that we can't get out of, but we can be happy in the fish tank, but we just can't change the fact that we're stuck in there. What well, what would you say to that? How, what would you, what would you say if I told you that it may just have been that our government wasn't calling the shots throughout the pandemic? Well, I would agree with you 100%. Obviously, they weren't. I mean, we know who was dictating the policy on COVID, and it wasn't 
it wasn't the Alberta government. It was the World Health Organization and the globalists that, um, you know, have their agenda to destroy our economy and destroy the lives of Albertans. I mean, now they're on to climate change and this is not going to stop. Our Fed, you know, this was a coordinated effort by people with, you know, much higher pay grade than the premier of Alberta. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we don't get to the bottom of it. And that doesn't mean that we don't um, bring out the truth to people. You know, that's that's been my biggest problem with these elected officials that think that they don't have an obligation to to bring the truth to the people. And so but and, what if you I got to interrupt you for a moment. What if, what if you are elected and you have the opportunity to peer behind the veil into the bureaucracy behind the government that's there from election to election? What if you get to peek behind that veil, as it seems so many of, of our elected officials have, and you realize that that machine cannot be changed by electing a different person? Then what? Well, that's why I think that the referendum on independence is the key. That's why I think that's the key. And I don't actually think we're going to be able to make much much um, of an inroad to your point because I think that the corruption in, and the deceit is so systemic and runs very deep that I think the only way that we can save Canada is by leaving Canada actually, and by, having, by becoming its own constitutional republic and creating a, a society in Alberta where we have shared values. I mean, uh, you know, on the campaign trail, the questions that I that are asked on, particularly at forums at the at one of the forums anyway, you know, they had to deal with stuff that, to me, I think you, you know the 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 canned answer is well, the UCP is going to do tax relief and the NDP is going to give you more money, right? That's that's the two solutions that I'm hearing, but nobody's talking about actually how we want our society to function. And in fact, we're really ignoring me really big issues that I think are going to be detrimental to a functioning society. And I think um, as part of that diversity, equity and inclusivity and those policies, ESG policies, those those policies are going to form the basis of our economic policy. And they already are. And they're already causing problems um, and they're going to lead to the destruction of our small and middle um, class and businesses, and I am not happy about where I th- see the future for Alberta heading. And I think it would—it's either party. I don't. I think both parties are captured. Um, and I think that, uh, and I think that for whatever reason, they're they're finding a struggle to to get out from under the grips of that capture. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you believe that a referendum on independence is the solution. And actually, before I get into that, I'm going to ask you, is there somewhere people can go um, to look at this information that you're talking about? Because you made some pretty bold claims, and I'm sure there's people going to have some questions. Is there any way for people to contact you, or do you have a webpage or a frequently asked questions thing that they can go well, and Stuff you can come like join me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, but I didn't do a, a web page this time. But you can email me at kskoalchuk at protonmail.com. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, and 
I, I do return, I do return messages. Well, you're better at that than me. Just ask Carrie. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> That's very true. So how is a referendum on independence, the solution for removing our, uh, uh, for removing ourselves from the tyranny of the day? Well, uh, as you know, uh, we have a problem within our constitution that uh, to make any changes within our constitution uh, requires a bunch of hoops to jump through, which are very challenging, like requiring seven out of the 10 provinces to vote in favor of opening it up. Um, the Supreme Court of Canada uh, being a big obstacle in, in um, adjudicating anything to do with that because of their progressive nature and the fact that we, Alberta and the West are very underrepresented on the Supreme Court. So um, we need to, part, part of the problem that I'm, that I'm seeing is that a lot of people don't think that there's a problem, <laughs> which is shocking um, in our province, but you know, we need, we need to be able to give Albertans the option to form its own constitutional Republic and, and the Clarity Act provides a mechanism to do so. And I think now is the time to do it because otherwise I, I don't believe that the sovereignty act will do anything. And I don't believe the letter writing campaigns will do anything. And I, and we've seen this time and time again. And so I, I think this message will at one point start resonating with people. I kind of always say, been saying like pain is the touchstone for change, and I don't want to have to see any us yeah. Albertans have to suffer any more than they need to. But that seems to be the human condition of how we learn yeah. through experience and and feeling That's this pain and suffering. The unfortunate truth. I want to dig into that a little bit deeper. So you mentioned that you'd like to see Alberta as a constitutional republic. Now that's different from just having a referendum on independence, right? Yeah. So how is being a constitutional republic going to fix anything in a new country of Alberta? What specifically would you like to see in an Alberta constitution that would protect our individual rights and freedoms and ensure our prosperity while the rest well, of the world goes mad? Yeah, well, one of the things would be to remove ourselves from any affiliation with the globalists that are trying to actually destroy us. And um, so I think that that would be key that, you know, Alberta would be able to decide who who we trade with, who we don't trade with, for instance, mm -hmm. and and um, and have have a really clear have laws that 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 um, are enacted based on our value structure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I believe well, we, we have that now. We have good well, laws. I don't, this country well, has good laws, but I don't think, well, we do, but I think we're having a, a little bit of a value crisis right now. I, I don't think that Canadians by and large understand really what, what their values are. And, and let's just, let's, let's, let's look at drag queen story hour, for instance, um, I see that as very predatory behavior. I, I don't want our children to be part of that. That's adult entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see what's happening in our schools and I see the transgender, um, um, you, you know, the, the, the push for trans, you know, especially with our children. Like, I don't care what people do. I don't care what people do. Like, you know, that's part of, that's part of what a Christian, I'm a Christian and that's part of, you know, we have to respect other people's free will, but you don't, you don't target the, the most vulnerable in our society. And when our adults 
seem to have a crisis of values. Uh, I have a big problem with that. And there, and that, and that feeds into our entire decision-making process, not only in our government, but as I pointed out in our judiciary, in our legal system as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're having everybody singing from the same handbook that does not represent um, a set of values, then, and I, and I believe that, I believe that Canada was founded upon Christian values. I mean, we have, we refer to God in our constitution. That's, I don't think that was by mistake. It doesn't mean that you're not tolerant of other people. Of course you are. In fact, that's one of the bedrocks of Christianity is that, and to respect other people's free will. Um, and so I think that Canadians are in a crisis right now, and I think Alberta's part of it. And I want to be part of a province that that practices love and tolerance for everybody, and doesn't just use buzzwords and then and then acts in a way that's completely contrary to those buzzwords like inclusivity and diversity and equity or equality. It all sounds really nice, yes, but we actually, it, if anything, it's divisive. It all is. It's. Absolutely 100 is. well 100% and the thing is like I've been saying as well like there's a different I grew up believing in you know we all have equal opportunity I mean that's mm-hmm. part of one of the cornerstones yeah. of a capitalist democracy but equity on the other hand is a quality of outcome and mm-hmm. when you study the the genesis of these of this terminology and these principles it's rooted in marxism and so I actually have learned and I'm surprised at actually how socialist our country is. Mm-hmm. And that feeds into your comment earlier, Chris, about govern me harder, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so now keeping in mind that you're speaking to a man here who's uh, literally under the heel of the government yeah. and they've unleashed the, the hounds of hell on me to try and punish me into oblivion and submission. Would you say that we have a skewed balance of power between the people and those they elect to govern and regulate? 100%. How would 100. you Well, you start by talking about the, the issues truthfully. I mean, we're not going to get anywhere if everybody's afraid to talk from their hearts, especially people who are leaders. You know, Lieutenant um, Colonel Redmond said something else in that commission in his in his testimony at the end of his uh, at the end and he says we need one premier we need one premier to to be brave and to 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 change this yes and I we agree. needed one premier one restaurant owner one gym owner we needed one, one fitness center we needed one but we need, um, but we need, province we need to, to stand up we need one province to stand up and we're not seeing that and um, you can't have you, you. If you don't understand what the val- what your values are, then you just fall for whatever, and you can't be steered by you know a crazy, outraged, woke mob. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be resolute in our position and say no. This is not. We're not going to stand for this. And if Alberta could be that province that says no, we're not going to do this. But you're right. Like it, it, it seems insurmountable. Our party's not going to form a majority. That's very clear. But we can start by being honest with people and and being transparent and being and truthful. We don't have to agree on everything, but we have to be able to speak 
speak honestly and, and we need to know what the truth is. You know what I'd like to see? I'll just keep this one in mind. So I believe that the reason we're in the situation we are is because we've given up so much of our freedom. And I'm not talking about like the freedom to leave our homes. I'm talking about small freedoms. We give them up in the name of convenience. We give them up because we don't want to do the work. We've mm -hmm. turned into a society where we have to work 50 or 60 hours a week just to make ends meet, just to feed our children and continue on to the next month. Yeah. We don't have the luxuries of going and doing things and being involved in a lot of these uh uh, government, uh, uh, not pardon me, government events, political events and things like that. We've been told that talking about politics, politics and religion is wrong. I would like yeah. to see in Alberta, where every man, woman, child, and whatever the heck you else decide to call yourself, participates in enjoying the benefits of the resources that this province has to offer. Mm -hmm. I would like to see every Albertan never have to worry about paying a gas bill, never have to worry about paying a power bill. Yeah. To think that in a province as energy rich and resource rich as uh, as we are, that people struggle to pay their utility bills is almost beyond comprehension. I want to see a province take the lead and give the resources of the province to the people so that they have more time to spend with their friends and their neighbors and have these conversations. They can go to their children's PTA meetings. Mm -hmm. You know, they can go to church meetings and talk to people about things. And, and, well, totally. and be the 3% woke mob that's driving policy within our society because the rest of us are too busy working. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I want to see. And I hope that, you know, any government that's going to get elected, I hope that they would want to pursue human flourishing and prosperity at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that I, I, I agree with you, Chris, but you know, part of the issue is, is that we don't deal with the root cause problem causes to problems. Like, you know, I'm a divorce lawyer. I've been divorced twice. I, I, you know, as I age and learn more and talk to more people, like we need, I would like to see, you know, policies that actually work to keeping families together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't realize actually how important that was until I had my own experience going through it. And I've, and I've also helped people go through their own experience through it as well. And the problems that come from broken families are immense. Addiction is a massive issue. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I went through that. I understand the nuances of and the frustrations and the struggles. Mm -hmm. And throwing money, making mandatory, making things mandatory is not going to be um, a, 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 um, a something that will solve that problem, for instance. And that's something that, you know, the UCP are talking about, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't force, you can't force that onto somebody because it's a hole in the soul disease. And it's something that people need to embrace 100% if they're going to get help. But anyway, what I'm talking about is I want to have the conversation about let's talk about these root problems. Let's talk about the cause of these problems. Like you can't just throw money at something and expect poverty to go away. Yeah. 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 You know, but you can, the government can throw money at poverty and get their friends really, really rich. Well, sure. So speaking, speaking of poverty and I'll just do a quick 30 second thing. Uh, I was out in Strathmore today and I know other candidates have, uh, will agree to me or agree with what I'm going to say. But I was shocked at how many homeless people were being brought or take brought taken bust from Calgary to Strathmore and basically dropped off there at the homeless shelter there 
and basically said it's now Strathmore's problem. This is really? how Canada yeah. carry. I saw this on Vancouver Island when I was there too. Is that right? So, and I had no idea about that until I actually talked to a few people today. Yeah, well, you can't just transfer the problem somewhere else. No, yeah. Like, we need real, we need people who are, you know, that really, but it's almost like changing the zeitgeist of our community, like our, how we think and what, what is, what is it that we value and what is important to us? And we have to embrace that and yeah. we have to encourage people and rally and, and promote that and then elect people who, who you believe will be able to carry that forward. Yeah. The only way to do that is to start having conversations. Now, Carrie, I have uh, something that I, I want to wrap up with. It's going to take about five minutes. Yeah. It's 8.53 now. Do you have any, anything that's on your mind? On my mind? Oh, I was yeah. going to answer, I was going to answer a bunch of the, the, the questions in terms of what I thought about art and all that. So, you know, stick around. I'm, we're going to let Catherine go kind of at the end, cause she's got another meeting to go on. And then I'm going to rant for about 10 minutes. And then I'll go and leave the join the meeting too. So, but, but go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Okay. So here we go, Catherine. Um, I want you to, I want you to imagine that the next seven, six minutes, the next six minutes that you spend speaking to the people that are watching this right now, and maybe you're going to watch later, uh, has the potential to change the world because it actually does. No pressure or anything. But I want you to, I want you to tell me in six minutes or less why should people vote for you and what do they expect after the fact okay well um thank you for that impromptu um call to action but that's fine you know i, I think i've touched on a lot of about what why i want to run uh, when i like I've always had a keen interest in politics, but I really fell off the radar for a number of years, mostly because I was too busy. Um, I call it debt slavery. And, um, and actually as a result, uh, like I was going through a lot in my life and I fell off the rad radar in terms of being an active participant in politics. And I also was quite naive about the workings of the world and what really is at play with this globalist agenda that's, um, that's really captivating most of the well most of the globe really and so five years ago i started to do a, a more broadening my research and opening up my mind uh to other concepts and um and the really i realized that the world our government our institutions aren't necessarily what we thought they were and i never really thought that we would get to a point where uh, our, the world would address it because, you know, I would, I would go to these conferences like, um, contact in the desert, right. It's like tinfoil Hattie, right. But it's, it was really cool. Um, and a lot of really great ideas. And I want to see that sort of open-mindedness come back or be brought into, um, the mainstream and into our governments, because there's a lot of information that we are not privy to. And it's not necessarily um, corruption, but I think that's, that is a lot of it. So there's a lot of information that we need to be informed about. And we need to have a voice in the legislature who one will be um, honest and truthful with what it is that I uncover. Like I have, I have a, I have a plan to engage people like investigative reporters 
um, do, you know, do as much investigating as I can to inform my constituents of what I see happening in the legislature. And I don't believe that by electing, by, by electing two parties essentially is what we're, what we're looking at right now. When you elect the two parties that really at their root have the same agenda, they're just going to carry it out differently. Um, at the end of the day, we, if we are, if we claim to be a democracy, then we need to have more voices at the table. And if we don't have other voices to, to offer constructive criticism and to not be beholden to the party whip narrative, then we're never going to get to the truth of this. And I, I believe that I have demonstrated in particular over the past three years that I have that capacity because part of what I've gone through, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm suing as a plaintiff, the court of King's bench and the provincial court of Alberta over their masking. That's kind of that case also has kind of gone into, to no man's land as well, but it's still there uh, because I felt that the judge, you know, the courts were violating my charter rights and freedoms and privacy rights for requiring me to divulge private um, medical information. That's none of their business. Mm -hmm. So if we don't, if we don't elect people that are prepared to be honest and transparent and, and tell the truth as they know it, then I think that we are going to continue to go down a road of, of dystopia, it, you know, and I, and I don't want to see that felt for Alberta. I don't want to see it for my children. And that is why I'm doing this. I think that there are many reasons like, having an independence minded person in the ledge is important because like I said, I can table, I can table bills and actually make meaningful change. And it's not, it's not um, unprecedented for an independent sitting member to, to to pass a bill mm -hmm. you'll recall that um Drever, when she was um an independent she she brought forward legislation that amended the residential tenancies act so that people who were in domestic violence situations were able to get out of their contract with their landlord right if they had to flee their house mm -hmm. and that legislation passed unanimously so if I can't think, and I, you know, I kind of challenge the government, both sides on this. Why wouldn't we want to know and get to the bottom of what the government did well and what the government didn't do well in COVID? Yeah. Why wouldn't we all as Albertans want to know that? And I think, I think that that is key. That's a big part of what I want to do. And, and I just, I just want to be the voice for my constituents here so that they know that their emails will be returned, that I will listen to them. We may not always agree on things, but you know what? We need to find the similarities where we can, and we need to work together to hold our government accountable. And I think that I'm the I think that I'm the best candidate in this riding to do this. Well, thank you very much. I uh, I'm not going to apologize for putting you on the spot because I think that's when we get the most honest and transparent answers yeah. when it's not prepared. Um, totally. I'm glad that I didn't see you flipping through any tabs of prepared answers, so kudos to you for that. So, folks, if you want to know any more about uh, Catherine and what she's doing and why, what some of her positions and ideas are on certain things, 
uh, like she said before, you can find her on her Facebook page. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's fairly active on there, and uh, it's quite entertaining at times, as I recall. And you can also reach out to her via email at kskowalchuk at protonmail.com. Ks Kowalchuk at protonmail.com. There oh, it is. Or that one. Is that the one? Uh, email or is you, it? You could do Gmail oh, or Proton Mail. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I have both accounts, so yeah, that's fine too. Okay, good. Awesome. Well, thanks. I just want to thank you guys so much for all of the stuff that you've been doing. You know that you know we've um, we've gone through a lot um, side by side, but not side by side, and you know in the same in the same sphere and. Um, I think what you guys are doing is great and, and thank you for, for having this conversation with me. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, it's uh, when, when Chris initially had uh, uh, Tim Hoven on, um, you know, it was kind of like, so we should actually get as many people that are either independent or independence type minded on the show, because I, that's kind of what Chris and I are talking about. And I know, Chris and I, believe it or not, we actually don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, right? I'm uh, a foot taller. <laughs> that's true. I'm looking at. I'm looking into his jaw. Um, <laughs> it, you know, there there are certain things that um, I, I think Chris and I kind of work well together because there are things where Chris will say, "Hey, I've got this idea," and I just no, Chris, it's, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> also, I well, but that's the that, that's the. That's the whole point of it though, right? Is, is, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, we need to find ways to come together. We can't, we, this divisiveness and polarization is, is going to destroy us. It is. And this idea that, uh, there's anything different between us that should put us in a place where we're against each other is ridiculous. I mean, at the Will Stop Cafe, my restaurant, you've been there, Catherine. So have you, yeah. Carrie? I have once or twice. We have customers from all walks of life. Yes, even trans and gay and lesbian yes. folks. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We all want to eat and we all want to have fellowship with each other and whatever. There's one There's one thing that does unify us as humans. Food? And that is that we have to eat. <laughs> I, I agree. And yeah, so let's let's work together as much as, as let's work together. Like, let's just make a commitment to do that. And Absolutely. and um. And I think we we could move we could go a long way if we if we all truly had that yeah. motivation. I missed something. There was one more question, so we're a little bit over time. I'll make it quick. Okay. Um, should you get elected, and you're sitting as an independent MLA in the legislature, um, would you support any other party's policy if it was aligned with your values, or 100%. would you be a dissenting voice that potentially blocked policy that was uh, not in the best interest interests of your constituents? No, 100%. And, and that's the thing, like, I've been telling people that, you know, I'm not here to be um, obstinate for the sake of it. Like, if something makes sense, of course, I'm going to vote in line with that. And it like, of course, I would. Um, I'm not here just to be difficult for the sake of it. So yeah, if if there's um, a policy, if there's laws that come across the floor, that makes sense for the people of this riding, you betcha, I'd vote, I'd vote for it. There we go. Awesome. That's all I got. That's not true. I got lots more, but we're four minutes over already, and I know no that problem. there's. Uh, we can always have Catherine on after when she's uh, when she when I win the MLA. There you go. <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck, Catherine. And, Thanks, um, guys. Uh, I appreciate on, it. On pins and needles, watching this selection, just like I everybody know. else in the province. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
I know. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. And um, we'll do it again soon. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to put you in the back. Thank you so much again. Okay. Thanks, thanks, guys. And now it's just Chris and I. Are you scared? Are you scared? Can you see me looking at you? Just like that? Am I looking? Oh, way. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everything's backwards. Actually, no, it's not backwards. It's the thing. Um, so a couple of things that did come up, and I just wanted to say, uh, you asked Catherine about, you know, what, what would happen if you actually saw behind the government veil and you saw what was happening in the bureaucracy? And, um, and, and my answer is going to be a little bit different. So I basically started to run as the MLA, um, a candidate in Chestermere Strathmore. I know there were a couple of people that said, oh, Carrie's running. Yeah, and it's like, I, maybe I'm just not as vocal as I possibly could be, but yeah, it's Chestermere Strathmore. So it's actually uh, an area kind of like from Country Hills. If you're around Calgary, it's Country Hills all the way down to the Bow River and then uh, from Chestermere just past Strathmore. So area-wise, it's about twice the area of Calgary. So if you actually had Calgary and then did Calgary, Calgary, that's how big Chestermere Strathmore is. And it can, each one of these constituents, uh, constituencies is about 35,000 people. It's not a hard and fast rule, but that's kind of what it is. So we've got um, Chestermere, which has about 25,000. Uh, Strathmore has 13, 5, 14,000 or whatever. And then you're kind of looking at maybe another 5,000 throughout the uh, constituency. So um, th the question was, uh, what would you do if uh, if uh, you exposed what was this this veil behind things and uh, or you saw behind it, my point would be to expose what the hell's going on. Um, I've got a little bit of taste for journalism, I guess now after doing what I've been doing with the Alberta Prosperity Project and doing the webinars and doing a little bit of research that uh, is usually thrown on me like a, a day or two before I actually end up doing the webinars. I'm not a professional. Do not, I do not try this at home. Okay. Maybe I do try it at home, but, uh, but having gone through all this, it's um, I think everyone should know how the inner workings of our government system works. And that is something that, I think there may have been touched on in my grade nine textbook for like maybe three months. They're, they made a TV series documentary about it too. Did they? About yeah, it's called House of Cards. <laughs> I was going to say about my grade nine year. <laughs> but yeah, House of Cards. And it really is a House of Cards. And, um, and I think having, like I said, having gone even through the process today, we were, we were talking at the top of the show here about uh, the candidates, uh, uh, the all candidates um, meeting today in which we were talking about what are the rules of uh, the scrutineers? What are the rules of the electors? What are the rules of the elections Alberta? And one of the things I did want to bring up, and I'm just going to show it, if you have, if you want to be an informed voter, as informed as you could possibly get from the government's own stuff, uh, go to elections.ab.ca uh, and you can pretty much find out everything that you need to, to do. You need, where do, where do I vote? Who are the candidates? Uh, what happens if my house is on fire and I'm displaced by uh, an emergency or a disaster? They've got this stuff on the website in order for you to be looking through. Uh, it also talks about uh, registering to vote. Uh, what happens if I happen to move here on May 29th? And uh, I'm living in uh, my buddy Joe's basement 
and uh, I need to vote. How do I go about doing that? So it talks about that. It talks about the deadlines for registering early, early polling, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what ID is required. Um, but the big thing is a lot of people don't know where they vote. Like they don't know their constituency writings and they've got maps on here. And of course, now, now that I've said that, I actually forget where the maps are on here. Um, but they do have the maps and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're very vague. So even in my constituency, I've got mine. Uh, I can't click on it. I'm trying to click on them. I've got mine printed out and basically I've printed it out for a couple of reasons. I printed it out in terms of signage. I printed it out in terms of, uh, where, where will I actually be meeting people? Uh, like what makes the most sense? Is there a town there? Is there a community center? So I've got all that kind of listed on this, on this map. And there's little jet ins like, I don't know if you can actually see that. But like there's a this little jet in here and then there's a little jet in over here that if you were to drive, it's not just a square. So you kind of need to know where uh, where your constituency is. And if you're if you happen to be living in that little jet in, you won't know where you you are. So it's important to go to your site and uh, and, and take a look at, at what's going on in terms of where do you vote? And uh, and again, who are the candidates? So I'm actually going to go and. Uh, self-promote myself for a second and uh of course it didn't open up on the right tab so let's just see if i go here and i go oh the candidates there we go look at that so are I you on there i am i know just wait there's it's even scarier when you actually see it oh click on central peace notley central peace notley yeah our friend todd lives up he's up there T todd lowen right there yeah and uh, Rodney Bowen from the Independence Party, uh, Megan from NDP, Alberta Party. So there's actually quite a few different parties here as well. And some of them you may have heard or may not have heard. Anyways, I digress. Uh, more about me. So go back to Chester Strathmore. So we have uh, the UCP and their web, what the website is, the NDP website. Uh, Jed doesn't have anything. Uh, and then there's me. And then I've even got my own website, which I will quickly link to. Uh, and then we got Terry, who's actually, he's the independent. And uh, uh, Terry might really enjoy this, but I actually enjoy his website. He actually has some videos out there. It's endpartypolitics.ca. If you happen to be in this area, I'm gonna, I'm just going to say go and check everybody out. Like, I'm not saying I'm the best um, or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, there's, oh, look at that. I'm just saying that there are, uh, everyone should be informed about what uh, what they're actually voting for in their particular uh, in their particular writing. So if you want to go to my website, it's literally right here, carry4mla.com. And uh, we talk about, oh, look at this. There's uh, We only have 13 days and 22 hours before it hits 8 o'clock. Oh, I, I thought that's how many people viewed the page. No, that would, that would be impressive. Uh, a map so that you can actually see, hey, I can actually click on that. Of course, it opens up a different tab, but let me uh, let me do that, and then I can actually show you what I was trying to show you. I should have just gone to my website, and now it's. Hey, I got to ask you something, Carrie. If you yeah. if you win as an MLA and you have the job, yeah, um, you should hire me as not a speechwriter because I think you should do your own speeches. You should hire me as a speech jester, so I'll read your speeches, or you can do your speeches, and I'll laugh at you. I like that idea, and you can heckle, you can definitely heckle me. Anyway, so this was the little parts that I was saying, the, the jet ins, right? So they're not all squares. There's always a little reason why something here. This is Eagle Lake. They, uh, 
they actually make sod and and uh you can go swimming actually i'm just being i'm being whatever um and look at that i even have a link to the chris and carrie show because i think that's actually important for voters to actually go back and take a look at some of the stuff that we've been doing uh the app videos are on there and we you know we talk about uh uh, UNDRIP. We talk about uh, some of the uh, uh, talk with Leighton Gray. We talk to some of the doctors. I think it's important that uh, voters are informed on uh, on that sort of stuff, right? And then, of course, we talk about uh, the Independence Party. And uh, look, where's Kerry? And uh, hey, so there's... I recognize that suit. <laughs> where's Kerry? And uh, so it talks, uh, shows a little bit of uh, where I'm speaking and what I'm doing. Look, Chris and Carrie with Catherine Qualchuk. And then, uh, and if I go tomorrow, I might as well do this. Chris and Carrie live with Vicki Bayford up in uh, Red Deer. So if you happen to be in Red Deer and uh, she's uh, in Red Deer North, and uh, we're actually at the Riverside Meadows Community Association tomorrow. And uh, so if you want to come out and see Chris and I live, hopefully we're alive. Then uh, by all means, that's uh, wait. What are we doing? What you didn't know? We're we're doing a Chris and Carrie live, like in front of a live studio audience. Hopefully, yeah. there'll be canned laughter too. Because <laughs> somebody needs to bring one of those laugh apps. Oh, there's a guy that's putting laughy faces up. He should. Talk I saw. And I he saw. can do a laugh app. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted to show. Um, I wanted to talk about two things about uh, art, and I, I and I know some people are probably hanging on to their uh, hanging on with bated bated breath. Um, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna call up Connie. I'm gonna poke at you for a minute here. Arter was very clear about what his intent was and why he is in the running if he didn't line up at the party to begin with. The party was all happy to let him grow the party. Okay, so there's two things that I want to talk about on this one. Um, when art came on his message initially was that he was uh, a separatist or an independence minded person as am i i i think that probably the only way that we can get out of what is happening in canada is get away from the federal government and, and i know that to be the case it, it doesn't matter whether or not uh, uh trudeau is actually removed maybe in the next couple of years big deal and we get pierre in great that's fine We've had this happen before. We've had Harper in there. We've had uh, uh, other uh, PC uh, or at least maybe conservative-minded uh, people in power, and uh, they have to cater to what's happening in central um, Canada. And so, what does and, that have to do with this comment, Gary? So, this comment it basically has to do with he is art is a what I would call now a soft separatist meaning that he is he has changed his mind on what people or what the party brought him in as so if you were it would be like let's say daniel smith is is touting about freedom 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 and then all of a sudden she decided to go with total socialist values you are following a leader and you're not following the party principle or the party policies and i do not agree with that if you are part of a party and that party is supposed to be lined up with your core values, then that is the reason why that party is there. It should not change. If I decided two or three years down the line, you know what, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe, maybe I'm more lined up with UCP values. I would change over to UCP values, but I would step away from this party. I wouldn't be dragging the party along with it. So that's kind of what I, I think the, the big thing is. The other thing is, is 
the party wasn't happy at all to let him grow with the party. Okay, so I'm going to just go back. I like math. Everybody likes math, I think. You like geometry. Um, what ended up happening with, with art initially was the party was only about 800 people. And even at its maximum, I'm going to say, and again, I could be off by, by not much, but I'm going to say it's about 3,200 people. That is not a lot. That is not even the size of a really normal neighborhood in Calgary, right? Those are the number of actual paying members that are actually paying money to be part of the party. It's the same thing as the Alberta Prosperity Project. It's got about 10,000 members, right? You actually need a million members in order to actually do anything. So the fact that people are saying that he grew the party, yeah, he grew the party at the beginning of the leadership debates back in, um, in August, there was about 800 people, maybe 1,200 people. At the end of that, there was 1,500, maybe 1,600, somewhere in there. And I beg to differ that it was actually art that brought the people on. It was the constituency associations holding, uh, holding events. Art was a speaker. So was uh, Daniel Nagassi or Dr. Nagassi. So was Dr. Macus. So was uh, Dr. So was I early on. So was Chris, right? Uh, they didn't ask me to speak. Um, but it's the CAs that actually built up that membership. And this is the thing that a lot of people will not realize. So be prepared. Let's say it was 3,200 people on April 1st when the AGM was there. People walked away. They said, you know what? Take away my membership. I'm going to get out of here. You guys are all a bunch of crooks or whatever the hell they were saying. It dropped by 150 people. That is all. It did not drop by the thousands that Art said. And guess what? We're back up over that 3,200 now. There are people. I, I got to interject something here because I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both Carrie and I, we like, we absolutely we're friends with Art. We, yes, we love yeah. the guy. We like I, yeah. This is one of those things where people have gone their different ways and we're allowed to maintain a friendship. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe I don't, I'm not sure how Art feels about it, but yeah. like I, I, I respect the man. I, I'm behind him when his in his fight for, for yeah. his rights and for freedoms. Like I, just because I'm not screaming at people for, um, you know, Art not being the leader of the independence party does not mean that I don't like the guy. I do. Yeah. Um, I can say from my experience that as I watch the Independence Party move from, you know, focused on a path to prosperity through independence to more of a vengeful getting back at the people who did this in the first place, you know, I I stopped speaking at the events because that wasn't it was no longer aligned with what I wanted to yeah. see. And I want to see a referendum on independence. Yeah. And at that point, when the party started going that direction, yeah. I realized that the Alberta and the Independence Party of Alberta was no longer the most viable path to a referendum on independence. And now there's an opportunity to change because it's yeah. growing. Yeah. Um, they're getting back to the basics of what they're about mm -hmm. and they can continue to spread that message and educate Albertans as to why independence is the answer. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah. I hope that clears things up a little bit. This yeah. none of this means that, and well, I mean, I'm sure there's some hard feelings, but on my behalf and likely carries, there are no hard feelings here. These are just different, you know. It's, you know so here, here's one thing that you know, it, it's it's a good thing, 
and a bad thing, but I mean, it's a good thing. So well, the optics were horrible. Well, horrible. Yeah, so they, bad. And even I, even I didn't know what was happening at the time. Right. Like it, it uh, and I know it weighed on the board. And then when that, when it actually did happen and art had actually threatened to leave the party numerous times. And he basically said, you know, I'm going to walk away from this and then you guys will, won't have a party. And the other thing was, is let's just say the, the membership was given the opportunity to, uh, uh, to, um, to either oust the board or oust art. And, and I'm just kind of throwing this out as ideas. What do you think would have happened? They probably would have followed art and his ideas as the leader. They would have thrown out the board. The, another board would have come in and then the party would have changed. It would have been, well, now he's formed his own solidarity party. And, and I was just about to say that, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that, you know what, in the end, Art is probably happier where he is now. He's got his own party. He is the leader there. He's able to express his Christian values without anybody saying anything. And and he's probably, he probably sleeps better at night. Right? Bert, so for all you folks who, yeah. you know, you supported the Independence Party because Art was the leader, uh, you have to ask yourself, is supporting an individual because of their personal beliefs, personal, personal beliefs, yeah. more important and holds more weight with you than supporting the idea of doing something that's never been done before in this province, which is a referendum on independence yeah. and a path to prosperity. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you answer, well, you don't care about independence, you care about supporting art, then the solidarity party is for you. Yeah. And, and, again, and nobody will say, nobody will say yeah. anything bad to you about it. Right. If you believe in Alberta independence and a referendum, and you think that the Alberta or the independence party of Alberta is the most viable path of that, then support that idea. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to be angry or upset with your UCP neighbors or even your NDP neighbors. Although I just, Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm it's so far. I don't get it, but I've I hope, got, I've got, do you get what I'm saying, Carrie? I've got neighbors that have the NDP signs up and I, I just need to go over and actually have a conversation with them as I'm wearing yes. this little badge. Here. Yes. Conversations. That's really, about politics you know what? and yeah. religion. The two things that we said, Oh, don't talk about those. It's impolite. We the should two things that are the most talk. influential in our life. Politics affects every aspect of our life from the moment we're born to after we're dead and religion affects everything after, which is the rest of eternity. That is the right. Two too. most important topics in our life. That's we right. should be able to talk about them, about them with our friends and neighbors. Yeah. I'm just going to change. I think I kind of answered what I wanted to say anyway. So again, it's because, um, and we can probably talk more. We'll even talk more tomorrow with, uh, with Vicky when we do the live and uh, we'll, we'll see what, what was happening in terms of the, the board, but this is one thing I wanted to show. And, and Chris will, Chris will laugh too. Can't believe there are only 100 people watching. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So the reason I, I is, yeah, the reason is, is that Facebook is basically, uh, what's the word that I would use? Constricting, restricting. They, they place us lower in the newsfeed priority. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not only that Carrie. I mean, there's, there's times we do shows and there's up to almost a thousand people watching. It yeah. used to be, remember when it was like 30,000? That was yeah. wild. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of other things going on. People are trying to enjoy their lives. People and, are, they're trying well, to have as, you know, they're trying, they're trying to do as much as they can because maybe they don't know if they're going to be able to do it next year. That's right. Yeah. So for so, you, for those of you watching, um, thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we make nothing off of this really. Uh, we, uh, we, we enjoy doing these, these 
talks, we, uh, I get a kick out of trying to educate people. Um, and if you can just share, 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 share this, even if you're not actually watching it live, if you're watching it tomorrow, which if I said tomorrow would be the day after the day after you watch, and that's impossible to do. But if you, uh, if you do watch it, uh, please share. And oh, and fires too, Carrie. There's a lot of people that uh, aren't able to watch that is Facebook true. lives as they're fighting fires that is across the province. True. Yeah. And which, uh, we of should... which 53% are under investigation as suspicious. That hmm. is, that is crazy. We, uh, do we have a donation? Like we personally do not have a donation page or anything set up for that, but do you know of anything that uh, people can donate to the wildfires? I have no idea. I, the best thing that I would say is reach out to local organizations that have posted about willing to help people. Um, you know, there's a place in uh, Iola, yeah. right? That yeah. said they were going to open up the community center. Maybe yeah. throw them some money. Find out if there's families that you know personally that you can yeah. you can uh, donate to. Yeah. That's I, what I would suggest. I can say from uh, my my constituency, uh, Chestermere Strathmore, the Strath Strathmore uh, Fire Department uh, sent up a crew, um, and I do actually want to get up there and uh, and or not up to there, but I just want to talk to them at the fire hall and find out. You know what was the process for them to uh, to to do all that? Did they raise money? Did ah, they like? That I don't know. Another I, point. Yeah, I don't know what the what the process was, and and you know, are they living in um, camps up there or what? Like, I don't know what the process is. So speaking of process, there's been a lot of buzz about uh, people being blocked to help out uh, yes. by bureaucracy. Yeah. And the government has taken a lot of heat about this. They're saying, oh, Danielle Smith isn't letting people go fight the fires. That's not true. There are plenty yeah. of things to fight against these days. Yeah. And uh, illusions are not something that we should be fighting against. We shouldn't be shadow boxing. Dare I say it? Vapor shows? Too soon? We shouldn't be shadow boxing illusions. Um, it is not the government that's caused that stopped people from helping fires. Not at all. Uh, on the contrary, it's the bureaucracy behind the government. Mm -hmm. It's Alberta Health Services and some other bureaucracy that um, believe that they have all the authority. I've heard them say it to my face. So if you're one of the people that's trying to go out and help and you get stopped at a roadblock and they say, oh, you can't go in because you don't have a criminal record check. You're the victim of a bureaucracy, not of the government. Mm -hmm. However, you can try and hold the government accountable to their uh, pledge to reduce red tape. Yeah. Right? Anyway, Carrie, it's almost 930. And as Deb I'm... mentioned earlier, I am actually exhausted. I've been way overworking and not getting enough rest. Yeah. So now I need to go outside and do some more yard work so I can go to bed, and not get enough rest and then get up. And I'm just, I'm just going to let my grass grow until the, uh, until the city comes and mows it for me. Is <laughs> Is there, there's a joke in there somewhere? Don't mess with the Gohan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, too. Well, we won't talk about the short and curlies on this one, on this show. All right, people. And with that, we're going to say goodnight, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. I believe we're on at 6 o'clock uh, Mountain Time in Red Deer, and that'll probably go for an hour or so. And, uh, and then maybe Chris and I will do something a little bit later and just kind of talk about... Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about other stuff because... <laughs>
girls and car stereos. That's a great idea. We'll talk about stuff that's happening at the whistle stop because my uh, my life is going to be pretty much just uh, politics up until the 29th. And I'm having a wrap-up party, believe it or not. You can having, rap? I'm, well, no, I can't. No, I can't rap. Oh. Uh, but I'm having a wrap-up party at Dockside Bar in Chestermere on the 29th. It starts at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a couple of bands in there, or at least one band, and and then maybe me. And uh, we're going to have some fun. So, you know what, if I'm not going to win, or at least uh, I want to go out educating, and I want to go out um, with some fun, uh, because politics should be fun. Everything should be fun, and politics has been so bloody serious for the last little while. So there you go. Uh, people are asking, are you running Kerry and Chris? Kerry is running, yes. Uh, he is running to be the MLA of uh, Strathmore Chestermere. Yep. I am not. They're like, I just... I just canceled my uh, long weekend plans with Jessica um, to be at the restaurant. I I can't yeah, get yeah. away from there, and I can't even imagine how I could have a political campaign and try and keep my business going. It just does not. It doesn't. Even even as it is, even with me, um, like I'm still trying to juggle my regular stuff. Are you having a rodeo again? Oh, I clicked on that by accident. Are you having a rodeo again? Yes. Sure. Why not? We're looking well. at uh, it's either August nineteenth or September 9th, and we'll be we'll I'll be posting something about that, uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Which reminds me, we have some paperwork to do. Yes, we do. Yes, I know. It's all about the paperwork. It's all it is, about yeah. wiping yourself with the paperwork. <laughs> all right, oh, yeah. guys. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good night, and I gotta put on the uh, the exit. The exit video just because, and I'm putting on the one with the beer. There you go. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.